1: Welcome back to the Crazy Over Easy podcast. As always, I appreciate every single one of you who choose to tune in, choose to share this podcast. It truly is my passion project, and I cannot thank you enough for being a part of this part of my journey. Today, as always, you guys know I am so excited for these episodes, but I do have a truly remarkable human being on with us today. And just a little bit of a background of why I'm releasing this episode this week. It is a special, emotional, different week for Casey and I. This is the week that our first little bundle of joy would have been entering into this world. So our original due date was June 5th, and I just wanted to bring on this wonderful woman and this joy of a human into today's episode to not only bring joy to this week for me, but also to all of you who can relate to her story, relate to my story, and just chat about everything we're going to talk about today. So we have an awesome topic. We are going to talk about becoming a mama and wanting to be a mom and those different journeys that a lot of us seek and a lot of us go through in order to get to where that story unfolds for us. So without further ado, I want to introduce the joy herself, Alyssa
0: Joy. How are you? Oh my goodness. I am <laughs> so great. First, you have like the most perfect podcast voice. <sighs> Thank you. I've heard that a couple times and I'm
1: fully going to embrace that and take that as the best compliment. I really appreciate that. You
0: are just so enthusiastic. I love it. How can you I not think- be in a good mood? Oh my gosh, you're wonderful. One thing I always
1: <laughs> say is I feel like this is so bad, but like I, I love therapy. like I love counseling and that's my background. And I feel like when I get to press play or press record on my podcast, it's my opportunity for therapy, if that makes sense. like It's like, oh, I finally get to take this half hour, hour or whatever it is to open up my mind because I feel like as I chat, I kind of get yes. to go through my emotions. And I don't know if anybody else is that way. I feel like you and I are so similar. And I feel like it's not until we open up our heart and open up our mind, whether it's in a caption of a post, right? And you're like, oh my right, wow, exactly. God. I didn't even realize I felt this way. I know. And I love it. And it's like the words start to flow. So, I, you know what is crazy too? You and I have never met, yet I feel like I have opened up some of like my deepest, darkest secrets, my emotions, like so deep. Right. I, I love it. I feel like that's something that the beautiful side of social media, yes. right? I, I think we have our struggles, but it is definitely the beautiful side for sure.
0: I was just thinking, I know that you had an old Instagram handle and I'm blanking on what it was. Journey of karma. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah, Years. that was Years. Yeah. So my, uh, my best friend and I started the Instagram together and her name is Emma and my name is Carly. And so when you put it together, it was karma and we just didn't want anybody to find it. I'm sure, I'm sure you were at a place too. And you're like, do I Tell people I have this oh, Instagram. Same, <laughs> same. yes. And so it was. It wasn't until she actually went back to school after we left Club Med, and she was like, "I love you, but I can't keep up with this." And I was yes. like, "No, I, re- <laughs> I respect that. I respect that." So it has transitioned. But for anybody who doesn't know who you are, P.S. You all should follow her after this. She is truly a joy. Her middle name stands for her. But will you tell everybody just kind of a quick elevator chat who you are? And I would love to just hear a quick background of. Who your beautiful,
0: joyful self is? Absolutely. So my name is Alyssa Green. My middle name is Joy, and I've really learned how to step into that and walk into that um, as I've started living my adult years. Um, but I have been married for four years. My husband's name is John. He is an F sixteen fighter pilot. Um, just an absolute blessing in my life. Um, I know a lot of people say, oh, I married my dream guy, but I married my dream guy. (laughs) I have an absolutely amazing family. Um, I live in North Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota in the Twin Cities. Um, I grew up with two younger brothers and the most amazing, supportive um, parents that I think anyone could ever ask for. Um, I went to Drake University and studied business marketing, and despite my fitness Instagram, I actually do have a 9-to-5 job, um, so I'm not certified, I'm not a coach, I'm not actually anything in the fitness realm. So I think that just having this platform to share my struggles, share my life, um, share the real and you know, just be who I am and just open up has really been such a blessing to me um, in regards to just mentally, physically, emotionally, marriage, all of that. And I guess the last thing would be I have an amazing golden retriever. Uh, I was waiting I cannot, to see if you were going to mention I him. know. I could <laughs> not forget him. His name is Colonel. He is four. Uh, we spent our wedding cash on him. And I love that, um, you know, the first few years in marriage are not easy and, uh, they're crazy, right? Yes. But, uh, definitely attest
1: to that. Yes.
0: Having a military husband and training and, um, you know, being alone a lot, he, is just my, my best friend. So Yeah, and that he might join awesome. us on this episode if we hear yeah. him in the if background. Yeah, if you hear him. <laughs> Hopefully all my packages have been delivered so he won't feel the need to bark, but... <laughs> no,
1: that's totally fine. I know, my gosh, my dogs, when the packages come, I'm like, I don't know if you're going to attack them or if you just really want to play. Like, I can't right. decide where you're at. Are you protecting me or Are what? you just so excited? <laughs> yeah, so do you know what's crazy? I actually didn't know... I don't even know if I know what your 9 to 5
0: is. I am an internal marketing manager for a financial services firm. So I did not know that. Yes, I know it
1: should help hard. me with my financial
0: side of my life because yeah. girlfriend
1: needs help. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. It's um, amazing. It is my other passion. Um, I guess I just don't do that great of a job talking about it on Instagram, but it's also kind of hard to see someone working and living at home and posting workouts and be like, ah, you know,
1: they're yeah. just a,
0: a coach or whatever.
1: But you so. know, what? I respect you so much for you're literally, I mean, I feel like so many of us, we, we, you know, we give out free content, you know, quote unquote, but I feel like that's so genuine and so awesome of you to just be like, Hey, I genuinely want to share my journey and share my life. And I feel like that's what so many of us intend to do, but it slowly transitions into a business. And so good for you for kind of Keeping up those boundaries, if anything. I mean, maintaining the job that you clearly love. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, I love hearing about your relationship too, because like you said, we see the great side of it, right? Like you I know you have an incredible relationship, but it is marriage is hard. And I feel like once you start to throw in the adulting of life and of the evolving of a relationship and evolving of as individuals and all of that, it it is. It's like I always say, you know, you appreciate the hot mess, but that's part of it. I think that's part of the joy and part of the beauty of a relationship.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, marriage is the hardest, most amazing thing I have ever fought for. For sure. I would, yeah, I would definitely agree. And it's
1: such a growing, like an individual growing thing. But then also to know that you're growing with a human is, it's remarkable. Like it's, I don't know how the heck we do it, but it's I such know. a, it's such a gift. So I definitely it is such a gift. for that. So with everything kind of like with your chat, Where are you currently at with your journeys, like physically, and mentally, emotionally? I mean, I feel like you are such a light, Uh, but like we just said, you know, there are struggles, there are hard times of life, of a fitness journey, of a a relationship, and I think, you know, for me, one thing that I'm really on a journey of now is separating health and fitness, and then breaking down health into mental and emotional. Because i i never I never took that as a part of my journey initially. It was just like. Oh, health equals my, my blood tests. You know, like I just didn't really notice, um, my mental side of my journey or my emotional side of my journey. So where are you at with your current journey?
0: I am really in the best spot. I think I have ever been in. Um, you know, I, I think I've done it all. I've restricted, I've worked out, I've been obsessed with cardio, Um, I've done the crazy low carb. I've, you know, given no rest days. I've been obsessed with food. Um, I didn't care at all about fitness. I drank, I partied, you know? So I feel like I've just been up and down, (laughs) been there, done that to pretty much absolutely anything you could ask me. Um, but now I just, I, love taking rest days. I love working out. I love going on a run once a week just to clear my head. And most of the time I'm blaring worship music yeah. and I try and pick a day that maybe I need that mental release. And I just need to challenge myself and get out of the house. Um, but in terms of life, I feel like I'm kind of, and I wouldn't say I feel like I'm stuck, but I kind of feel like I'm waiting for that next thing. Yeah. And I think the most important thing in life is to not live for the next and just really be present where you are and learn from where you are. And, you know, I'm in a spot right now where I might be ready to transition into that next phase of life. And that would be having kids and starting a family. And I feel so blessed to... Have had the journey that I do have and To be able to acknowledge and realize that every single thing i've gone through and everything i've overcome and learned It was perfectly placed exactly where I needed it um, I grew so much (laughs) With getting married and moving away from home thousands of miles away something that I didn't want to do and the first year of marriage for us was really difficult because I struggled a lot with discontentment and bitterness and, you know, John had training and he had things that had to be put above me. And that was very hard for me at first to say, okay, we just got married. We up and moved thousands of miles away from my family. I have no friends. I don't feel like I belong. I feel so out of place on this air force base you're gone all the time. What about me? Yeah. Like, what What am I supposed to do? Did you forget about me? Hello. Yeah. And I really, God really broke me down and was like, "It's not about you." You know, um, you're that here. is so powerful. Oh I, I, my like gosh. Just,
1: I mean, I have mine's, but like, even now, I'll get to the point sometimes where you know, Casey will choose like working on the house or working on something outside over spending time with me. And it's, and that's so, that's so minuscule. Like I couldn't even imagine, you know, you uprooting yourself, but you do, you get in your head where Mm -hmm. you're like, wait, so you're choosing that over me. Like what about that quality time or what about, you know, date night or whatever it is. And it's like, let's be honest, there's responsibilities of life. You know, there's responsibilities of being a homeowner or whatever it is, but we do like it's, and for me, I don't know about you. It, Fully stems from my own insecurities. Oh, yes. And, it, and I think that it has taken me so long to admit that. And I still get those moments where I'm like, wait, 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 are you choosing something over me? Like, do, <laughs> do you love me less? Like, what's going on? And it's just my own mental battle. And it's my insecurities just transitioning into different phases of life. But I just, I'm so glad that you brought that up because sometimes I feel, I don't want to say alone in that, but those are things you don't talk about, right? Those are, of those course. are. Parts of the journeys we don't open up about.
0: No, because we're never usually proud of how we acted, you know? Yep, I know. (laughs) And (laughs) there, you know, I don't even know how God brought us through that, but he did. And um, from there, I just, I decided that I wanted to be the wife that my husband deserved. And I didn't want to be the wife who sat at home and didn't do anything on the side and just sat there and waited for her husband to show her attention. And that was never something that I wanted either. um, Just because God is number one in my life. And I'm sorry to my husband, I love you so much, but (laughs) you will never be that. And um, so I luckily did come out of that. And I came out of, you know, the post wedding weight gain and the insecurities and feeling alone and learning that like loneliness doesn't live in a place where God dwells. And I could tell you the days that I would just go for walks on this military base and just be like, okay, God, like, I know that you're working in me and I know you're preparing me for something that is going to come come along in my life down the line. And um, I just am so thankful for that military journey and God just kind of picking me up, dropping me, just saying, trust me, I'm going to grow you and I'm going to grow you two together. And, um, now we live in Minnesota. I'm two hours from my family. Um, we have great friends and so everything always comes full circle, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm so thankful for how I've been able to grow over the years. And, you know, there, when you think about your next phase of life, you you think about all of the things that are gonna change. and for most people, maybe it's not, oh, I'm giving this up so I can get that. It's just, okay, I'm gonna have to change some things, and things are gonna be different moving forward. Well, one of those things for us is John could be deployed, yeah, you know, and so there's planning with that. there's okay, well, what can we expect? How far can we really plan? You know, where's our insurance at? Like, what's going to happen? Will you be here? Like, do I want, do we want to wait? Do we want to attack this head on? And so, for so long, we, those first three years when he was in training, we were like, okay, you know, when we move to a more permanent spot in Minnesota, it's going to be time for us to start our family. Yeah. Well, that was a year and a half ago. And um, we just, we weren't ready a year ago and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but now we're getting to that point where it's like, okay, like we have to start taking things a little more seriously. And um, God really has been working on my heart and my mind and my attitude about this next phase, because you're like, we don't know. No one knows what their journey is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I can't tell you when I'll get pregnant. I can't tell you if I'm going to struggle if, well, I know I'm going to struggle, but I can't tell you what other things might happen that I wasn't prepared for and that are going to grow me. Absolutely. So
1: on this topic, so obviously this is Kind of the main point of chatting today is just your journey to kiddos, right? And, you know, I love to kind of talk about that journey of the in-between. And, you know, you talked about these things that I know I've referenced in other time, other podcasts with, you know, waiting is the hardest part, right? So whatever season of life we're in, like you said, you can feel it on your heart that you're ready for that transition. You're ready for that next season. Mm -hmm. But trying to figure out what that is. Is that growing my business? Is that changing my business direction? Is that having kids? Is that getting a dog? For all of us, you know, for everybody listening, those are different moments in life, right? Like they're different seasonal transitions. But like you mentioned, we can't wait around until that next seasonal change happens because, you know, especially with something like kids, like you said, there's so many factors to consider, whether it's relational, whether it's, um, you know, health, whether it's life, like there's so many things that have to kind of pan out. So, you know, and I know Laura uh, Novotny and I, we talked about it with maintenance mode, right? When you just Mm -hmm. feel like there's this next thing, but you're like, I don't know. I'm kind of content with where I'm at. So is it bad to just enjoy the moment that I'm in? Like, do I have to seek that next thing? But I also know that kiddos are on your heart. So if you don't mind kind of diving into that, like, you know, what does that look like? What is this current journey for you guys to kiddos? I know with Casey and I, that topic, like that kid topic has changed so much and evolved so much over the years and Casey and I dated for 5 years before getting married so we've only been married for a little over a year however the discussions kind of were before you know like hey is you know our kids and our future and i'm almost 31 casey's 35 so we're definitely a little bit more on the I don't want to say the older end because truthfully, now I've realized age really is just the number. If I was to define my life at 30 years old, yes. it would not be <laughs> what it is now. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can't even put a title to what the heck I do in life. So I mean, girlfriend's 30 years old and figuring it out. But that conversation evolved so much and it even evolved even more once, once we had our miscarriage and once we realized, hey, you can't we can't time this like we can't time mm-hmm. when this is going to happen for us and we can't you know Casey always says this is part of our story but not our entire story. So do you mind kind of walking us through like what is your current journey with John like all of that to
0: trying to have kiddos and kind of where you guys are at with that? Absolutely. So I'll just I'll give a little background here. So growing up I wanted to be a teacher, like with all of my heart. I was a nanny for multiple families. I babysat, I volunteered in the one and two year old rooms at church. And I just, I just loved getting loved on by kids. Yeah. And on mission trips, it was always, that was kind of my outreach. It was like, I want to be where the kids are. Um. And over the years, as I've, you know, had some news or found out some things and uncertainties come to pass, I somehow lost that. And it was very scary, not scary, but I almost went into this mode that I went into when I was first married. My heart was so hardened towards having kids. And it wasn't because I didn't want them. I think it's because I was so scared that if I open my heart up to something that I can't have, it will shatter me. Yeah, And I always said I would, you know, I don't want to be that girl who runs to the store every month and is like, am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? And then sobs. And I I never wanted to tie my self-worth to being a mom. And I think that when we get news like that, we kind of, we either overanalyze or we scale back. Yeah. And I scaled back. And that was in an attempt to really protect my heart and my mind. And um, I would say this ha- started happening for sure, like a year and a half ago. And I just kind of came to this mindset that I was like, okay, so um, I'm just, I'm not going to be a mom. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Like, that's great. Um, and I would, Almost s- like you had to mentally prepare yourself.
1: Kind yes. Of. Yes. Yeah. I
0: want If I was going to hear that, it wasn't going to phase me when
1: that yeah. time came. It's so interesting for me to hear that. Cause so I was opposite when I found out I had endometriosis, mm-hmm. it was, oh, I'm going to do everything. It defined me. And so I was like, I'm going to do everything in my power to fast track my life. And it wasn't until finally I was like, wait, this is no longer going to define me. And it, that took four or five years. Oh but yeah it's interesting to hear the flip side of it where I was like, absolutely not. I'm, I'm, you know, I, this is defining me, but I'm taking this bull by the horn and Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) my life. And it it clearly didn't work out well for me because I ended up leaving (laughs) the country and starting a different life. But no, I, I like, am fascinated to hear the flip side of it, you know? So. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I just, I really was like, all right. So, seeing babies, seeing baby things. First of all, if you don't say, oh my gosh, when you see a baby jumper or like a cute <laughs> stuffed animal, you have no heart. Yes, um, I'm out. <laughs> so cute. But, you know, I'd go to baby showers and all my, I have a couple friends who got pregnant and, you know, you'd see that one kid screaming at the store and me and John would just look at each other like, nope not happening, you know, and we're, we all go through that. I'm not saying that that's how everyone is forever, but there are phases in your life where you're just not ready for that. And that's okay. Um, but I started kind of, I wrote this long Instagram caption last year and it was just like, I don't feel pressure to be a mom right now. I feel pressure to want kids. And I feel pressure to have baby fever. And I continually felt broken because that wasn't something I was yearning. And I was just like, what is going on? Am I I just don't want to be a mom. Like, I really just don't want to be a mom. And that's how powerful my fear was. It, it's just I couldn't even see what I was closing my heart off to. Yeah. And I remember my mom and John and I were sitting at my parents' house just talking. And, um, I somehow made a comment about, well, you know, if I can't have my own kid, I'm not having a kid. And that is so, first of all, heartbreaking for me to say, because you a mom, isn't whether you birth the child and it's a perfect, like it's your DNA or not. Yeah. Um, there are so many different ways to be a mom and, I couldn't just see the look on my mom's face because she'd been seeing my Instagram captions and she talked to me through a couple of appointments that I'd been to. And she was like, you don't really mean that. And I was like, yes, I do. It's like, I will never adopt. And John looked at me and he was like, what? And my mom, yes. out of, yes. More out of like
1: protection for yourself?
0: Yes. Well, and I think that it was just like, well, if I can't have it my way, I don't want it at all. Yeah. And. had you you
1: mind me asking, had you and John been trying at that point or were you just kind of uncertain of your path?
0: Uncertain. And I would say we weren't not trying. Okay. (laughs) So yeah. And I just, my mom, just the look on her face and she was like, you wouldn't adopt. And I was like, no. And John said, well, I would adopt. And I was like, wait a second what? You would adopt? He was like, yeah. And I think that was the first moment in our marriage where I was like, wow, like he really wants to be a dad, not to have his own offspring, but like to be a dad. Yeah. And so from there, I think that really just took me into a new place. Um, But, you know, John has four nieces and nephews and I've seen him with babies and He's so cute and he's so fun. And I think sometimes thinking that having a baby that's half me, half him and not being able to do that is so sad Yeah, that I just, I had such a hard time with that. And I think that we all get to this point where we look, look at where we are and we just have that thought where we're like, Hmm. This is not what I thought it would be, yeah. you know, um, I had mentioned that we were like, okay, we're going to start trying when we get to Minnesota and we just weren't ready. And, you know, I think we think that we get married and then we have kids and then somehow along the way, everything just falls into place and it's seeming, seamless and it's easy and, you know, there's nothing in the background and it could not be any opposite
1: like, i i don't know if you know think, no
0: I am so glad you said that because
1: I think I did that to my life like I literally mapped out like this is what life looks like at 28 this is what life looks like at 30 and I fully I was like oh this is what marriage looks like this is how it unfolds you know you're married by this age or whatever it is I have these stamps I'm also a planner and I'm very type. oh a, so yeah I have these things stamps in my life. And so, you know, I know you and I have chat, it's chatted about this. It's literally expectation versus reality, right? Mm -hmm. So it's you, and like with Casey and I, you know, you're talking about adoption and everything. Casey and I talked about everything because when I was 19, I was told you may never be able to have kids. So like I said, Mm -hmm. I went the opposite way and I was like, BS. I'm having kids, but I I need to take that by the horns. And I didn't I didn't allow myself to process it from like an emotional or mental perspective. It was just like absolutely not. My competitive side is going to kick in. We're going to make this work. But Casey and I had to have those conversations, whether or not it was before marriage, whether or not it was after. Like it was something that was almost unfair if I didn't bring it bring him into it, right? Because this was something at 19 years old I was told would be a struggle. So we talked about surrogacy. We talked Mm -hmm. talked about adoption. We still, to this day, talk about adoption and fostering just because it's on our heart of this might be something that we're called to do. And we've never opened up about that. We've never shared even with our family about it, but it is so interesting to have those conversations as husband and wife. So, you know, for me, it was interesting when Casey talked a lot about he worked with inner city schools for a really long time. And he was actually the first one to open up to me about, Hey, later on in life, I would love to foster. And it, it, like you said, like when John was like, well, I would adopt, it just like spun. First of all, I was like, I am married to an incredible man, better than me, better than you (laughs) as a human. And then it made my wheels spin where I was like, well, I guess we don't know if we can have our own, right? None of us do none of like, unless you're already a beautiful mama, like I know I'm currently pregnant, but I'm still praying and holding on to this little bundle that's in my belly. You know, we don't know what God's plan is for mm-hmm. the remainder of this pregnancy or anything, and so, you know, we we lost our first, uh, you know, right before twelve weeks, and it's just one of those things that to open up those conversations. And like you said earlier, you know, a lot of us do melt when we see baby clothes, but also a lot of us break down. Like, yes, it's, it's so. I know after our miscarriage. I don't want to say I was angry towards any announcement that went out, but I was just like a little bit bitter. And that's what I I always tell people like you're entitled to your emotions. And Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't allowing myself to be entitled to those emotions. I felt like I had to be strong. I felt like, you know, I should be so happy for them. While I wasn't recognizing, while I can be happy for them, I can be sad and frustrated for myself. Yes. I wasn't like separating those emotions. And so, you know, I totally agree. When I see baby clothes, I melt. Now I'm just oh like, my gosh. oh gosh, these tiny little socks. I but know. like in those <laughs> little windows, like it was a good, you know, probably eight week window where I was just like, I, I don't know how I was able to process anymore announcements. And I was fortunate, like with our first pregnancy, I also was, uh, within two to five weeks of three of my like closest friends. And so that, I, that in itself was so exciting. And yes. so to know that I lost that at that moment, that's how I looked at it. It was, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I, I am missing out on this. I've lost out on this. So anything like anybody who's listening and if you're struggling with fertility or, you know, having these conversations with your husband, right. And not even, it might even not be fertility. It might just be, how do I, yes, my partner, just understand that if you are struggling to see those baby announcements or you're struggling to see those baby clothes that's normal. Like every emotion is totally valid and that's normal. And if you have experienced miscarriage or a loss or you know maybe you're struggling now to get pregnant. Maybe you have your first and you're struggling with your second. You're going to have those emotions where you're just annoyed at anybody who is <laughs> pregnant or who has these cute little clothes. And I'm I try and be fully aware of that because I know lately especially on my story I'm just like Baby fever, but I also feel like, oh I've my gosh, I love it. Oh, and I feel that I feel like I've been waiting 12 years for this, you know, since the day that I was told I probably couldn't have kids. So it's like I'm now entitled to these emotions. So I'm not going to dial that down, but I'm also very aware and empathetic to anybody who's feeling yes. the opposite. So I just, I love hearing you say that it was John who brought up adoption, you know, and it was a, this twist in your own mental state where you're like, Oh wait! <laughs> I might yeah. open my heart, my heart, and my mind up to a different plan, and for us planners, that's not easy,
0: right? Exactly. And I think that you know we want it our way, and we want it this way, and anything else just simply won't do. Um, but <laughs> I think you know as well as I do that that's not really how God works. Exactly. So you know, I just we we've had the conversations and we're very open about it and he's so supportive and so sweet. And I'm a very proactive person where, you know, if I should be doing something right now, I want to be doing it. I don't want to wait like three months and then be told I should be doing what I wanted to do three months ago. You know what I exactly. mean? Yeah. And he's just very much. So like, whatever happens, happens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> always like God. Without- oh yeah. my gosh. I'm like, you're, remember i'm type a uh, yes <laughs> but i just you know we had that conversation a year and a half ago and he was like i'm just not ready yet and i was like that's okay you know he's now 32 i'm 27 so i definitely have a lot of time left um but man this time in quarantine i just god really kind of just sat me down with my thoughts and myself and my heart. And um, a couple weeks ago, I wrote this long post and it was kind of just like freeing my fears. Yeah. And I, you know, I've had different doctor's appointments and I've really just shoved things to the bottom of my heart. And just kind of let them be. Well, I think that you know when you shove things away, they always come out. Like you, yes. you can't push them down forever. And um, I just all of a sudden, after a devotional, I was just like, "I'm so scared." Yeah, I am so scared. And I said it, and I said it again. How proud of you were to? Were oh you my to gosh, say that? I was like, wow. First of all, it doesn't make you brave to pretend that you don't have a fear. Yeah. You know, what's brave is saying, I am scared. And I know that this is not going to be easy. But I know that I can't fake being okay and allow God to do what he's going to do in me. I love that. And I know. And, you know, I just... I realized that God can't work in me or move the mountains that I'm asking him to move. If I deny I'm scared. Yeah. How is he going to show that he is a blessing for me if I don't even believe there's a blessing in the first place? Yeah. And I just, for so long, I just kept telling myself "Well, I don't want kids. Like I don't want to be a mom. I'll be fine if I never have to go through childbirth, like sweet. (laughs) go me. Yeah. But I, you know, that week was monumental and it was the week leading up to Mother's Day. It was the week leading up to John's birthday. And he's always joking like, oh, I don't want to be an old dad. And so it's like that time, it's like that internal clock is ticking. And if you listen and you focus on it, it just becomes what you think about constantly. and. I, I just, I'm so happy that I've had this extra quiet time and I've had this time to dive into a new devotional and I've had time to face my fears head on and, you know, to just say, okay, God, like, I know that if, if there's a will, there's a way and you're the way and. Um, I'm accepting that it's okay for me to be scared right now. It's okay for me to not know what's going to come next, but it's not okay for me to limit you. And it's not okay for me to try and hide the fears that I have, because that's not what you want for me either. Um, we know that he wants us to grow in, in those situations where we're so fearful and we don't know what's coming. Um, but we can be comforted that no matter what happens, it's going to be perfect And it's going to be our own plan. And, um, you know, those words of you can't have kids, I think will always kind of make my heart stop because then what, you know, like as women, that's, that's kind of like what we do, right. We reproduce. Yeah. And, um, you know, everything is not normal. And for me right now, everything's not normal. And, I'm doing things to figure out how to, you know, have kids of my own someday. Um, But I just, it was an amazing week. And I told you that there was this story about um, this camping story that I wanted to tell you. I need to hear (laughs) about it. So that week I just really was like refreshed and renewed and not putting limits on God and just opening my heart to being a mom and We had just finished watching a movie in the basement and I was walking up the stairs and John was laying on the ground. I don't know why, but he was laying playing with Colonel and he was like, you know, what if, what if one day we have a boy and he asks me if we can camp out and I set up a tent and we sleep on the ground and Colonel loves it. And then I just take the next day off work because my back will be killing me and I won't be able to fly. (laughs) And I was like, you are so weird. But also that just made my heart like flutter because we're not people who walk around with the purpose of being parents. And we've never voiced that to each other. Like he's never been like, oh, I'm just I'm so meant to be a dad. And I'm so meant to, you know, coach baseball. And I've never been the person that's like, Oh, I want to be a mom with all of my being. We've just never yeah. vocalized that. And I think for him to say those things, I don't know, he's such an internal person. And with such a stressful job, he's just a very calm and collected person. And so sometimes I'm just like, boy, please use your words and tell me what you want. Oh, I hear you on that one.
1: Casey's like, oh. I'm like,
0: do I have to pry? I mean, I know yes. I'm very
1: vocal, but spell it out up- for me. Yes, let's step it up a notch.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. And so that was kind of like God's little nudge to me that we're in the we're in the right spot. Like we are. Everything that we've discussed is there, and I don't know. As like a wife, and as someone who wants to have kids with their their spouse or their partner. That is just like the cutest thing that you could ever say.
1: Yeah. And such reassurance. One thing I love like that you are saying and just repeating, but in a different way, you've never made yourself the victim of your struggles. And I think that's one thing that I've really learned with my endometriosis, with the miscarriage, Mm -hmm. you know, we can struggle, right? And we can feel those emotions. And like you said, everything that you said, you know, when you have that breakdown, admitting that you're scared, but never making yourself the victim, and I think that's a big mental shift. I think that's a big emotional shift. Um, I think that's very responsible of us to be able to, you know, for like I said, for so long, endometriosis, endometriosis defined me. And yes. I don't want to say I made myself the victim, but it definitely was like, oh well, I have this. So, and it was like, right. I allowed it to be like this excuse or this thing. And I, I really do believe the body follows the mind. You know, I believe that, you know, God places things on our heart for a reason. And the same thing that I've been saying to so many women who have reached out, who are seven, eight, nine, 10 weeks pregnant with, you know, hopefully their Mm -hmm. rainbow baby. They're just like, how do I get through this first phase? And the biggest thing that I tell them, you know, is imagine yourself, you're mentally think of yourself as creating that home for that baby every day. Take your mind there. Don't make yourself the victim of your miscarriage because it just drains you, right? And those first, like when you're waiting to hit past that, you know, first trimester or whatever. And for us, it was more like that 13 or 14 week mark since we did miscarry so late. But I had to keep telling myself, like, I'm not a victim of miscarriage. Like it was part of our story. It's not our story, but every day mentally to shift into that. And then, but also like you said, I could admit that I was scared. I could tell Casey like, Hey, I'm terrified, but I'm also full of so much freaking joy. And I think it's that shift of, you know, being able to admit our emotions for one, because I think that that's a huge thing. I think a lot of us feel like we have to suppress them. Like you said, we just push them down. We push them away or we put up a wall, Mm -hmm. creating, creating boundaries, creating barriers is huge for a lot of us when we're dealing with mental or emotional struggles. So, I mean, I guess my question, you answered it. So do you think that big mental shift was not only that devotional and admitting you're scared, but also that moment of just hearing John talk about something futuristic, but in such a like confident way?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think that it just, it, without saying it, it said to me, I'm there with you. I want this too. And I think you know, as a couple, you're not always going to be on the same page. And I mean, hopefully if you're having kids, you're on the same page, but, um, you know, that's just, it's that, that extra vote of confidence. Like he's here with me too. And he's going to fight for our family too. Not that I didn't think he wouldn't, but I know that whatever we go through and whatever we, whatever we have to walk through, we're going to be walking through it together. And I'm not going to be alone. And, um, I think that I, I know that we have such an amazing future ahead of us yeah. and it just, that's the thing that I think I'm most excited about. It's being able to tell him one day, like we're pregnant and yeah. that's just, it's just so amazing. Like 50, 50 or not even just 50, 50, but like both of you combined, like that is so cool. Like yes. that has to be the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. There's actually one, uh, couple there. Um,
1: part of, like not part of first form, but kind of, but it was so sweet cause they ended up adopting cause, um, that was just their journey. Mm-hmm. And it was so sweet cause she had this shirt and it said all the pump without the bump. And I was just like cute. that is the sweetest thing ever. Like they were just counting down. Like they were, I mean, I can't even tell you the amount of love and excitement oh. that they had just waiting for that little one to be born. And so she just took the cutest photo and it was in the shirt, you know, all the pump without oh, the bump. That and it is was so dang like, cute. I know. And it just I don't know why that just stuck with me and it just shed a different light on not adoption, but just journey to pregnancy, right? Or journey to those. And I think that that's something that's so important. And I just, I did want to touch, you know, for like you and I chatted about this already, but you know, for any of you guys listening, I want you all to know we are fully entitled to our struggles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you have a diagnosis, whether or not you have answers, right. You're waiting for a doctor to give you answers. So many of us struggle with Fertility or miscarriage, and we're looking for those answers. If that makes sense, like we're waiting for them because we think we're not entitled to our struggles until these feelings are validated with answers. Like I feel like we feel like we need that validation, but that's just not the case. So know that you are totally allowed to feel these emotions and go through everything. I mean, everything that you know, Alyssa and I have been chatting about, all of that, and I actually wanted to touch on this. You don't have answers. I know we've gone through 45 Mm -hmm. minutes of chatting, but that's something we haven't talked about. You don't have answers. And we don't even, I don't even want to go into the medical side of this. Like this is, I think personally, a fertility journey is so emotional and mental and the medical side of it is an entirely different journey. And, And you don't even have a story to share because you don't have answers. And I think that that's something that for everybody listening can be such a powerful thing you don't have a medical story to open up about or to you know talk about mm-hmm. oh well, finally i have like you're still in this journey and that's something you know i pride on this podcast is you guys we have to appreciate the hot mess we have to appreciate that struggle because if we're living for those answers we're missing out on so much of the journey but we're also not allowing ourselves to be entitled to those emotions that we're feeling until we get to that point, right? right? Crazy over easy. None of this is easy. It is so crazy, but it can be a beautiful hot mess. And I just think that's something that, you know, for everybody listening, you don't have answers and you don't have something that you can be like, oh, seek out this doctor. I mean, I know with me, I've opened up that can of worms. I have, (laughs) I I have a diagnosis. I have things that have helped me, um, you know, whether it's books or whether it's, um, you know, hormonal tests that I've had, you know, panels, things like that. Mm -hmm. But again, that all stemmed from a diagnosis. But even once I got the diagnosis, answers weren't given, right? I was 19 and I I was told you might not be able to have kids. So I think so many of us are missing out on so much of our life because we're waiting for that answer. But then there's a whole other journey beyond that answer. And I think that that in itself is, it's hard to admit, but it's powerful to admit. And Mm -hmm. I think like, same with you, you didn't get an answer, but you got an answer from God and from your heart that you're scared. And I think that opened up a whole new side of this mental and emotional journey that now you and John are on together. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, and for me, there's nothing that drives me more insane than not being able to make sense of a situation. I would rather having a lot of
1: your life on social media.
0: Yes. Yeah. I would just, I would rather know what's going on and be able to fix it than not be able to wrap my head around. Why are things the way that they are and why is this not being fixed? And like, You know, I will say that I have had a lot of tests done and guess what? I come out normal on paper. Ask me how frustrating that is to be a, one of the healthiest human beings on paper and to still know that there's something not right. That's infuriating. Um, but you know, some journeys just require a little more love that's just what I'm going to say. And, you know, maybe, you know, as, as I go to more appointments and as we keep down this road and we find out new things, I know that our relationship is going to strengthen. I know that my faith is going to strengthen. And I just, I think of my mom and I know that, you know, this, but I'm a rainbow baby. Yeah. And I think of how hard she fought for her family and all that she went through. She had such a hard time getting pregnant and she had a miscarriage right before me and um you know at not, I, mean, I don't want to say at the expense of her heartache. I'm here. And because her first baby did not make it I'm here and I get to be a blessing and I get to bring her joy. And so as much loss and grief and sadness that my parents overcame, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm this massive gift, but But here I am, you know, I mean, honestly,
1: like I'm, I'm carrying my rainbow baby as we speak. And despite this being the week that our first bundle was supposed to be born, like I cannot tell you how much. It's allowed me to appreciate this journey. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I both, I I think I can speak for us, have been vain in some regards where we value ourselves on our size or on our image. And absolutely. And we overlook this thing that we don't appreciate what our body's capable of doing. And so I'm at this point where this little bundle inside of me is is teaching me so much and shedding so much light on my mental state, my just ability to live every day on a different level. And so you being that for your mom, it is, it's just this joy and this, like, like a a huge thank you. You know, I feel like your mom probably hasn't sat down and just said, thank you, but it is, it's just like, thank you for allowing me to learn what love can look like and learn what pain can, can, Mm -hmm. uh, or what pain can be overcome. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I I look down sometimes and I'm just like, gosh, there was so much heartache leading up to you, you know, like so much mm-hmm. turmoil and questions and marital struggles and fights and arguments that, you know, I'm processing things different than Casey was processing things. And so I think, you know, for you to, I think that you just need to know, like, I know you probably know from your, from your own mom, but just, it is, it's such a. It's a, I don't want to say it's a different love and not, I don't think you have to go through a miscarriage to love your baby yes. just as so much as I'm going to love this one. But I do think that it allows us to maybe open our heart a little bit faster or faster, or in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that is a backwards blessing. Yes. And, and you know,
0: when I, when I shared my story and uh, first of all, sharing things on social media is terrifying. Yes. Um, opening yourself up to be vulnerable and you know, opening up your heartbreak and all of that can be so scary. And you're always scared what that one person's going to say or what this person's going to say and, um, their judgment or oh my goodness. Yes. And it can be so overwhelming. I actually had to just like shut my phone off for the rest of the day because it took so much out of me to, to stand up and say, here's what's going on with me. I'm scared. But yeah. the responses that I was getting go way past infertility problems, you know? And I think that's something that we touched on too, is you were probably terrified to open your heart up again to get pregnant in the fear of losing another baby.
1: Oh my gosh. I well, the and fear. I, it was something. And also, you know, we weren't trying when we got mm-hmm. pregnant with this. With this one. And it was the second I found out it was literally a, a choice that I, I remember sitting in my car. I actually posted the video. I was sitting in my car and I was like, I have a choice right now, whether I let fear fully mm-hmm. over, overcome, I mean, embrace me. I mean, I can't even, when I use the word fully, like I can't express to you guys how much, like it was either fully going to take over me or I had to make that choice in that moment that I was going to choose joy and excitement because- yes. Was fear going to still be there? Of course. And that's totally normal, but it was either going to consume me or it was going to open up this, Hey, I have the opportunity to be excited and be joyful and know that this was so unplanned for one, like, Oh my gosh, so so the best surprise ever. Exactly. But it was just, I had to have that self-talk. I think that's why I videoed myself. Because again, just like my podcast, I have to talk out loud sometimes Mm -hmm. to understand what my emotions are. And it was just this moment of, I'm so terrified, but I'm so excited. And I don't want to miss out on that emotion. I'm entitled to that emotion. And I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that excitement. I don't want anything to strip that away. But we were very well aware that we could have had Another miscarriage, and that's Absolutely. something that you know. But I didn't want to miss out on those few weeks leading up to when you potentially are "quote unquote" safe. I guess I didn't want to miss out on that. I didn't take photos. I wish I would have. That was something you know that it's my own coping mechanism. Um, you know, didn't really take any photo till like seventeen weeks. Um, but I, I held on to my belly every day, and I, you know, I recognize baby every single day. And that was my choice. And everybody's going to go through it differently. But Mm -hmm. I I fully agree. I think fear is something that a lot of us underestimate, but we're allowed to feel fear. We just don't, we don't need it to overcome and overtake. And I think that's the difference. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I just wanted to ask, like, I know we've kind of, so where are you and John at with trying at the moment? So I know like you don't have answers. So you kind of just leaving it up to God's hands. Have you, I know you've opened up the conversation mm-hmm. to adoption, but like, where are you guys at with all of that? Cause I'm sure everybody listening also is kind of like, Hey, I just need a bow tied onto this. You know, yes. like you don't, you don't have answers. And I think anybody who's listening, who possibly has for infer- infertility issues or fertility issues is just like, gosh, I don't have answers either, but where are you at? Like, what are mm-hmm. you, how are you guys choosing to move forward every day and not look at those ovulation tests, but still know that, Hey, you're going to let God take this into into his hands.
0: Yes. Um, you know, the things that you can do, the steps you can take, I'm doing them all. And I'm making sure that I'm on top of what my doctor is telling me. I'm making sure that I am tracking things like my temperature, my ovulation, all of that. And, um, I think having an amazing doctor is something that I've been really blessed with. Actually, she is so caring and so um, just open to giving me all of the different, you know, options that we have. And currently, if God wants to do it, he's going to do it. And um, I'm... I think that as the days continue to pass, I'm just, I'm more and more stepping into that. I'm ready to be a mom. And that's amazing to acknowledge, just knowing how hard my heart was a year ago. And, um, you know, every, I mean, it's so hard because you just, you can't, try and do God's job for him, right? You just, you need to pray faithfully and make sure you're taking those steps and do what you're told and be on top of things and go get that test done if it's scary, Yes, you know? Go have that extra appointment, which I will be be having this summer. But, you know, I had to take, I had to realize that I need to take responsibility for this because if I keep pushing it off, who knows where I'll be,
1: both emotionally
0: and physically. Yeah. I was going to say, be your biggest
1: advocate, right? Like I think that's something for anybody. It's scary. I think for anybody who doesn't have answers, even to start to seek answers is scary, right? Because then like you said, what if you get that one statement, right? You Mm -hmm. can't have kids. Again, the first thing my doctor said to us when we got pregnant with the second one is science only goes so far because it, our dates don't match up. Like nothing matches up with the miscarriage and oh what my us, goodness. Me- I us measuring. It was and honestly for, for Casey and I, it was so powerful because we're dating back to the day of our miscarriage, which doesn't make sense because we had to have a DNC and we couldn't be intimate, TMI, but I'm pretty open on this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, so <laughs> I, we, couldn't, we, we couldn't be intimate. And so in our hearts, we're like, gosh, you know, our first little bundle almost like high-fived this one as they were like switching places. It like it, it's just like that little bundle of joy I got to help handpick this one. And it, it's just a way that we get to choose to process it. But I think for anybody who is, you know, seeking answers or trying, or they're like, well, I know these tests that I need to take. Mm-hmm. It is, it's terrifying. Cause then you are leading up to potential answers. But I think also like, you know, you're so strong in your faith. I know Casey and I hold on to our faith. It's just something that seek answers so that you can, I guess advocate for yourself, like we said, but yep. it also living in that fear and not seeking answers also isn't doing anything, no. right? Like I, I think power of God is so strong, but I think at some point we need to just kind of get things checked up and those that, you know, I'm so thankful for the test that I did take leading up to us getting pregnant because I did have a lot of hormonal issues that I wasn't aware of, a lot of hormonal mm-hmm. imbalances that I wasn't aware of. And had I not advocated for myself and taken a lot of those, I don't know where we'd be today, you know? And so obviously you're going to have a crew now praying for you for that test this summer, but (laughs) I just think that that's so awesome that you are allowing that heart to soften and open up to, Hey, I might go through some hard stuff. I might, I might receive some hard news, but you're not going to let that back back down. You know, it's not going to back you down from yours and John's ultimate plan of, you know, allowing God to bring kiddos into your life one way or another. Um, so I just think that's so powerful and I just love even throughout this podcast, just hearing all that unfold, I think is so powerful and such a light that so many people I'm sure can resonate with. And I think a lot of people can actually probably appreciate that you don't have answers because that's the hardest part is how do you continue without the answers? And so I just love that you guys, and it stemmed from you guys being able to open up in a conversation together about it.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that just, you know, we all have gut feelings and we all, if something doesn't feel normal to you, it's probably not. And so I think it's, it can be so scary to go to the doctor and it can be so scary to ask those questions, but ask the questions, um, you know, be open and just, it's scary, but you just, you have to do it. You, you really have to do it. Yeah. I remember
1: Casey was terrified, you know, after everything and he straight up asked my OBGYN, which clearly isn't his doctor, but he was like, (laughs) should I get tested for, you know, should I get my hormone levels done? And she's like, you know what? It doesn't hurt because it doesn't, she was like, why wait a year of us trying or us experiencing this? If maybe something is not just on her side. And I thought that was for one very manly thing of Casey to I mean, it's hard to admit that, like, hey, it might be something that is wrong with you. Oh, yeah. Miscarriages are so common, but it's crazy. Are, yes. It's, I thought it was one in four uh, people, but it's one in four pregnancies. So, like, for Casey to even bring up, like, hey, would I've had anything to do with this? And our doctor was so wonderful. She's like, you guys, this is just so common. Unfortunately, there isn't an answer. Um, and again, that's something else you have to go without an answer, right? Mm-hmm. But it was to hear this man who I look up to say, hey, I want to go get myself checked and tested and my hormone panels done. And I was like, gosh, thank you. like, Thank you for not letting us go a year or two years with questions. And and thankfully, everything came back totally great. It was awesome. But it was just something that, again, another conversation in a relationship that you just don't expect to have. When you're saying your vows, you don't list these things out. And so I think it's something that – is powerful and it's a struggle. And I it's obviously not something that's talked about on social media or whether or not it is. I'm sure there's very open people, but a lot of us within our own relationships don't know how to open up about that or don't know how to share with our significant other. And as women, we like you said, we're meant to re- reproduce, right? So then you put Absolutely. the pressure on your, we put that pressure on ourselves. And it's, you know, it's something that we think is wrong with us. It's crazy the amount of women who have reached out to me with their struggles of miscarriage or a loss. And they said they went through the whole, what did I do wrong? You know, and like you said, you have people telling you like, well, girl, maybe you should do this or maybe Mm -hmm. you should work out less or maybe you should increase your food. You know what? For everybody who is listening and they're on their journey, if you're receiving comments like that, first of all, I think from Alyssa and I, we can both say we feel for you and we're sorry. But if any of you guys do have friends or family going through any, anything, those comments don't help. No. <laughs> they, they don't. And just know that anybody who is on a baby mama journey of any kind, they are doing everything they possibly can absolutely to, uh, procreate whatever or carry that healthy baby. Nobody's doing anything to attempt to hinder those circumstances. So yeah. I just felt like I had to say that because I feel absolutely. like it's words are powerful and I think a lot of us are realizing, especially with all of us kind of being on – this quarantine, all we have are our words and talking Mm -hmm. to people. And so I just, yeah, that's something that I, I've learned that my heart is definitely more empathetic. Um, It's a gift and a curse, but I just feel like sometimes people need to recognize that we're trying our best and we're doing everything we can. We appreciate the, the help or the, the, what might seem like knowledge being given to us, but we really are trying our best. So absolutely. Um, I wanted to just ask you one more question and just, just kind of for all the girls listening, what is something that you can leave all the listeners, all our girls with that might be sharing a similar story with you or on a journey to kiddos for themselves? Like, what is something you can leave them with that's maybe given you a sense of peace or maybe is, you know, where you're currently going on your journey? What's something that you can kind of leave them with?
0: Sure. So, I fear has always been something that pops up in our lives. And I think that it will always have something to feed on if we allow it to, you know, whether it's the fear of being single forever, whether it's the fear of um, not being able to be a mom or not have a family or not have that second or that third. And I just something that has really stuck with me the day that my dad walked me down the aisle, he said be brave. And in order to be brave in life, you have to be scared first. And I think that really acknowledging that I can't be brave. I can't pretend to be brave. I need to, you know, be open and I need to talk and I need to communicate. I think, you know, as well as I know that communication is probably the most powerful thing you will ever come into in a relationship. One million percent. Yes, and I just I have Proverbs thirty one twenty five tattooed on my foot, and um, I don't know if you know, it, but it is she is clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. And I can give you so many seasons in my life that this tattoo has just been. It's it was one of those things where I'm like, God, why did I get that? But then I come across these moments in my life where I'm like, Oh, that's why, and. Yeah and it's just really become my life verse and um i god sees the deepest desires of our hearts and in that he will open your heart if you're willing to allow him to work in you and i just think that we're not meant to live this life scared and we're supposed to be we're supposed to be brave right but it's not always easy and i just would encourage people to really step into that and step into your fear and step into what makes you scared and say it out loud. And don't be afraid to say what you want, like that you desire and vocalize what you want in life and dream. And I think so often we allow fear to just take our dreams and it, they turn into nightmares and we spiral and it affects our whole life. But I think that the things that we want so badly in life Will always have a way of, you know, coming to us if it's according to God's plan. And of course, all of that. But I think that just allowing yourself to go through those emotions and grow with your partner or just, I have done so much growth on my own, just like being with myself. Like if you're single, be with yourself and work through all these things. And, you know, life is, you're always going to be walking into new seasons in life. And it's not like you reach this pinnacle point where, okay, yay, I like I became a mom. Now you're into a whole new season of life. And I think just stepping into your power and your confidence and knowing that your story has a purpose and you're just designed so uniquely and so beautifully that you can't let something like fear hold you back from really seeing the miracles in life.
1: I just appreciate you that all of that was just so powerful. And it is. It's so true. And I think, you know, kind of wrapping all this up, like I was saying, you know, we're entitled to these emotions, but I think the first step is recognizing those emotions. Yes. And I that uh, one thing I actually did learn in therapy was oftentimes when we're saying we're frustrated, we're either sad or we're angry, but those are very hard emotions to admit. Wow, that's so
0: true.
1: And I was like, gosh, that's so true. Like there's times when I'll tell Casey like, oh, I'm just frustrated, but am I? No, I'm either usually angry or I'm sad, you know? And like sadness can maybe stem from hurt, you know, like we were talking about the beginning of this of not wanting to to have time with us. But I think that's so powerful, you know, before we're able to, you know, be entitled to these emotions, we need to be able to step into these emotions and yes, fully be present with them. And it's okay to be emotional, uh, to have emotions. It doesn't make you an emotional mess. I think that's something that women get tagged too often with, oh, well, you're emotional. No, mm-hmm. girlfriend feel those emotions. You are entitled to them. Cause if you, if you don't recognize when you're sad or angry, I can guarantee you, you are not going to feel when you're happy and joyful. And that is something that I think is so important because those are moments to recognize and write down and hone in on. So, you know, for everybody listening, I think that we can take away so many different nuggets from this (laughs) podcast and just, you know, whether it is a fertility journey or whether it's just a journey of life, there's going to be struggles. I think, that's the beautiful part of this is that none of us, for one, have been given the easy route. We're not choosing that easy route. We are choosing the crazy route, Mm -hmm. but we're choosing crazy over easy because it can genuinely make us appreciate things so much more. And so I personally want to say thank you to you for letting me you know chat about this with you. I know that it's something that you've touched on on your platform but it's not something you've fully opened up about and I f- fully respect and fully appreciate you taking this as a safe place to chat about it. Um I'm sure you're going to get just so many questions from other women, you know, who either are listening to this, but anybody who is listening again, remember girlfriend is doing everything she can. (laughs) That's something that I think we all know. So obviously reach out to Alyssa if you appreciated this and appreciate her sharing her story, because that's not easy to admit that this is something that technically, quote unquote, as a woman, we're supposed to do. But when our body is kind of working against us, that's Mm -hmm. not fun to admit, right? That's not something that we want to hone in on. But I think that it's so powerful to Here you say that you can admit that you're scared, but you're stepping into a whole new light. So I just appreciate you so much Uh, before signing off. Could you tell people where they can find you? And I will put everything down in the show notes as well. But if they want to follow you and your journey and your joy, where can they where's some best places to find you?
0: Yes. The best place to find me is on Instagram. Um, My handle is just Alyssa joy, green, green with an E on the end. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. I have just adored and admired you. And I seriously, I just, I overflow with joy when I see you and your bump and just like, I'm so excited for you to be a mom like that. It makes my heart so happy seeing people, you know, walk in that new season and I cannot wait for us to continue to grow our friendship. And I'm just so thankful for all that you've been to me so far. And um I just hopefully we can actually hang out. Amen. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. Honestly,
1: I just this is a journey that I never anticipated being able to share. And so I think being able to share, but have such an incredible community of support and love is something that it just goes beyond what I ever anticipated. So thank you for being one of those people that continue to light me up and get me excited to share. So I appreciate you. And for everybody listening, as always, thank you so, so much for tuning in. I will put all of um, Alyssa's information down in the show notes, but as always make it a great day and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Your continued support means more than, you know, if you enjoyed today's podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well as screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. I would like to thank each and every one of you, as well as my editor and producer, Michael, for making this podcast possible. I appreciate each of you so much. And if you'd like to know more about me or follow me on other social medias, you can find me on all platforms at Carly Ann Del. Thank you again. And I'll catch you in the next episode.